Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Melissa Kuforigi. She is the owner and founder of Baby Zips. How are you doing today, Melissa? Hey, Brad. It's so nice to connect with you. I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you for having me. So let's jump right in. As mentioned, you're the owner and founder of a company called Baby Zips. How long has the business been up and running now? Yes. So Baby Zips was actually launched officially August 2021, but the idea and the business itself has been registered since 2020. Okay. Baby Zips was created as a result of your own personal story. Can you share a bit about why you decided to start the company? Absolutely. So for myself, when I had my son, his name is Niall. When Mm -hmm. we had him in 2020, it was a new experience for us. He was born without radius bones in both arms, and we didn't know how to get him dressed. He was born right in February, actually, right in the winter. Oh, man. It was cold and we were just trying to find like a coat, trying to figure out how to fit his arms into sleeves because his arms were curled so tightly. So I've joined a lot of parent groups just to find other parents with similar conditions and to see what they do for their children. And I was very disappointed that there wasn't a coat already out there for our kids or a a sweater or something like that. So I decided... I started altering clothes for, for Niall and I said, no, there's no way we, every parent has to alter the clothes every time. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't there something already out there? So, yeah. yeah, so that's where Baby Zips kind of started. That's, um, we figured if we can help Niall, we can also help other children in Niall's situation and we can help other parents. So I love that's- that. That's amazing. So how common then is the need for adaptive clothing among children? Is this that common of a thing? Okay. So this question, I'm wondering how is the best way to answer it? Only because it is a growing field in itself. Like um, when it comes to adaptive clothing, a lot of times the needs of children with disabilities has just been dismissed, has been disregarded. And so... Now this need, it's a growing need because so many more parents as the awareness is there for children with limb differences and and the supports are in place. Parents are more courageous to have a child with limb difference to allow um, themselves to venture into the world of adaptive clothing. And so the need is definitely growing. It's quite 
common to see children with limb differences, but it's hard to say exactly to give a direct number, but the need is definitely growing. So was this more of something than parents actually speaking up and saying, hey, you know what, this isn't working for my child, we need to and and, you know, when people tend to speak up, it gives others permission to do so as well, because they feel more comfortable. Was this the issue here where parents weren't speaking up because they were just fearful or they didn't want to bring this to light? Is that part of the problem, maybe? I think a lot of the problem was parents were so comfortable in just accepting things are the way they are. Like there are so many things that you have to do for your child in general. Then you add on a child with a limb difference or a disability. And it just, there's so many more added steps. But I think now with social media, with um, just the ease of being able to connect with other parents, especially during the pandemic, we've all been forced to use different outlets to reach out to each other, no more face-to-face anymore. So I think it's, we've been able to bridge the gap of just seeing, you know what, there are different solutions out there. There are other families who understand my position and we can work together and come up with solutions. So absolutely, it has been a change in having the families come together and advocating together. Now, you had mentioned that you were at the beginning altering clothing. What kind of alters did you what kind of alters did you have to make? Okay. Alterations, sorry. Did you have to make to the clothing? So I am by no means like I'm not a professional um, <laughs> That is not my background. Yeah. But I am someone who is very adaptive. So initially, we got all our family members because it was still like COVID just began. And we got scissors and we started cutting up (laughs) the sleeves in different directions. Okay, you cut it this way. I'll cut bottom. (laughs) We got really creative. (laughs) And it was literally like all his clothes. Like we just started cutting it because... I said, you know what, we need to get him dressed. And then we got like our our needle and thread and we just started (laughs) doing some botched jobs of like (laughs) what might work. And then I was thinking, I'm like, you know what, a zipper would actually be helpful. So the first time, actually, one of my friends, like I... I was, went over to her place. I'm like, okay, this is exactly how I envisioned it. I like, I showed her kind of where to put the zipper. And the first time we did it, we put the zipper at the top and it made no sense. We put the zipper going down the sleeve, the other way, it made no sense. And like we tried multiple times until right. we found what actually worked. And then we tried, we got other parents to try the product too. And they've just been so amazed. Like, where has this been? It's such a simple solution, yeah. but it's so effective it makes such a difference. Like, it's just, to me, every time a parent is like, oh my gosh, like my child has never had a coat before in their life. Like, yeah. and now they do. That to me is just so fulfilling, so rewarding. And just, I'm, I feel so happy to be able to touch lives in that way. And it's that, something so small. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine how that must feel for you. I mean, you're making parents' lives easier, but you're also making the children's lives so much easier too. It's got to be amazing. You're you're hitting two with one kind of thing because the kids yeah. are benefiting and the parents. It's making yeah. everyone's life much more easy. We're feeding birds, two birds with one bread. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I love it. So I'm going to assume then the name for the company, Baby Zips, the Zippers, Babies, that's how you came up with it? Absolutely. Like I wanted something that was cool with the word zipper, but I wanted it to, yeah, I'm like, what if we just called hoodies zips and jackets zips? Like just... 
put them all together. So yeah. yes, that's how the name I came love it. Thank love you. it. So how well then, I know you, you mentioned you've got messages from other parents and whatnot because of social media. So how well has the business been received and what kinds of messages are you getting from other parents who are dealing with the same thing? Absolutely. So with the businesses has been making such positive impact, which I'm excited about. Every time I tell someone about the idea or well, initially before it even started, it was yeah. just such great feedback. People are like, whoa, this is great. Because you know what? The clothing out there that is for people with disabilities, a lot of the times it just doesn't look good. Like this yeah. is just another part to it, which is like just at the core of my heart. It's just like, I feel like our clothing is a part of our expression. Right. It's a part of who we are and how we feel. And to see a child in clothing that is ill-fitted, especially baby clothes are the cutest. To see them well-fitted <laughs> clothes, oh, Brad, it's just, it's it's a nightmare for me. So I figured we needed something that would fuse, you know, cute baby clothes and that adaptive wear for people with disabilities. And also just to make a trend almost in having adaptive wear that anyone could wear. So it's like, it looks cool enough that anyone would want to wear it. Yeah. And children with disabilities, when they wear it, they can feel confident, they yeah. can feel cool and look good. So that was the whole um, point behind. Uh, I like that you said, though, that the kids feel confident, because I think that's such an important part of it, because the kids are already dealing with, and we know how kids can be cruel to one another. Kids are already having to deal with that hurdle. But to give them this piece of clothing or pieces of clothing that make them feel confident. That's so important to mention, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. So, so I'm, the, the message is from parents. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So the message <laughs> from parents is basically that it has been life-changing. It has been, it's comfortable. Like the other thing is I'm very meticulous in the materials I pick. And also like for myself, like even, at the ultimate tester, which is my son, he actually has autism. So he's right. very sensitive to like different textures yeah. and being too warm and things like that. So yeah. he seeing like, would I put this on him? Would I put this on myself? Would I wear right. this? Would anyone else wear this? And I do a lot of research to make sure the material is breathable so, and comfortable. So a lot of what the parents are saying is that it has been comfortable. One parent told me that their two-year-old put it on and didn't want to take it off. And that, <laughs> that's <me>. amazing. <laughs> Meant so much. Oh, yeah. That's great. I love it. Yeah. So for the design part of it, then, do you do all the designing and then send your designs off to a factory who creates the pieces for you? Or how does that whole process work for you? Yes. So I actually, um, I do like my little mock-up drawings yeah. and I do like a little bit of, like I also test it out, like just like rough prototypes. And yeah. then I get I get those and I then I try it out on different children just to see if it works. Like not just children with disabilities, but children without disabilities yeah. too, to see if it works. And then afterwards, yes, I take it off to a small manufacturer in Toronto. They have like their, it's like a sewing Oh, so it's all Canadian made too. Yes. Awesome. I get all, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I get all my materials locally in Toronto. Yep. I get labels made in Quebec. So it's all Canadian. And basically we put it all together right here in Toronto. Amazing. I love it. So how hard or easy was it then for you to find a company that understood what you were looking for with baby zips in terms of design, in terms of manufacturing the, the products, the clothing pieces? That's such a good question, Brad. So believe it or not, this is such a 
tight industry, like the manufacturing industry in Canada, in Toronto, it's almost, the list is so small, like of right. the number of manufacturers and who will do a small production. So for myself, I've actually, um, I make small batches at a time. Okay. And most manufacturers that exist in Toronto, they need like a minimum requirement, of like 200 at once and things like that. And I just want to really test out the product first. So it is very challenging to find manufacturers because um, now not many are local. A lot of people will go overseas to get the work done. And I thought it was really important to stay in Canada, support Canadian businesses. So it's challenging to find, but it's not impossible. For myself, I ended up connecting with the Toronto Fashion Incubator. Yes, TFI. Yeah. Yes. And they were extremely helpful in uh, directing me to manufacturers. It was just calling them up and connecting and seeing what would work. So that did take time until I found this small manufacturer and the main seamstress. She is amazing. She's very passionate about what she does and very intricate with her work. So it was just the right fit. I love it. I think that's brilliant. So awesome. How many pieces do you currently have available in the Baby Zips line? So I actually, just to start, we have our hoodie, which comes in different, okay, not just different sizes, but it also comes with different arm lengths. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. To accommodate the different needs that children might have. So when we designed this sleeve, we added the extra zippers to keep in mind the need for easy ventilation. Like you can turn the hoodie into a poncho as well if needed. Say if a child has like a GI tube or an Omnipod that they wear for like their insulin and things like yep. that, you can easily access that. And as well as with the shorter arm lengths, you can accommodate different arms. So you can have a child who might have a shorter arm that like stops right around where your elbow might stop, but then we can accommodate that length. So it's really cute. We tried to be um, creative with the names. Like for instance, for the shortest sleeve, it's called the short and sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thanks. And we have one that's like a medium length, which is the long haul. And then the longest (laughs) length is like your classic fit. (laughs) Love it. Thank you. And then we were so excited to launch our winter coat. That was like... That was a big one, right? That was a big one. That was the ultimate goal. So that has been accomplished. And it's just... Congratulations. Thank you. It's just so exciting to have yeah. that and just to see that also comes with the, in the different arm lengths right. and different sizes. But it has been so amazing to see the kids wear it. If you check out like the website, you would see a couple of kids yeah. on our Instagram dressed in their jackets and you just look so adorable. That's awesome. So you've got the hoodie, the winter jacket. Is that it for now? That's, for yeah. now, that's it. We have a few that's things great. that we're working on. We've yeah. also had some requests for some adult sizes and youth awesome. sizes. So we're going to test out the market to see yeah. if that's the direction that we should go in as well. That's great. It must take a hell of a lot, though, in the design process because there is so much more to think about because you've got the different arm lengths and different things, as you mentioned, the, the tube and all of that stuff. So the, the design process must be quite laborious for you when you're putting it all together. But I guess once you get that first one down, it's a little bit easier because you've kind of got the, not the pro, not the prototype, but I guess the template for it. Yes. For other pieces of clothing. Exactly. Once you get that template, 
then you can work and build from there. And it has been actually really fun because I've finally get to use my creative side. Like I'm yeah. a person who's very creative. And so it's nice to be able to put that into the design. And so, you know what? It actually doesn't feel like work. Like it's like it is time intensive. Yeah. It does take a lot. And it's also very collaborative because I like to get other opinions. Like I try my best to get out of my own head. Yeah. It's so easy to like get lost in your own idea. For sure. So the design process does take time, but when it comes together, it's just, it's so worthwhile. Awesome. I love it. I can, I can hear the excitement and <laughs> happiness in your voice about what you're doing. I love it. I think it's amazing. What has been the most exciting or inspiring part of your journey with Baby Zips so far? It would have to be launching the yeah. products. Like uh, specifically, well, every time a product launches, I get so excited because it's like we work on it in the background for so long. We're developing it. And then it comes together. Like right now, we are working on a prototype for another product. Not going to release it yeah, yet. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but we're working on the prototype and it's fun but when we actually see it get to market and we see people try it out like when i get that first picture of someone dressed in <laughs> the jacket or wearing the product i'm like oh my gosh this is so this unreal. Is it. <laughs> this is, it's so exciting for me every time it doesn't change like the excitement is the same every time <laughs> yeah i love it what's the five-year plan or ultimate goal for baby zips where do you see the company going where do you want to take it so ultimately, my hope with Baby Zips is that we will continue to grow as a company within the next five years, continue to expand our line yeah. so that it's not just hoodies and jackets, but to expand the line so that we have like a full collection. And I'm hoping that one day that Niall, my son, can yeah. be more involved and it would be really neat. Maybe him and his friends might want to come up with a whole concept together. That would be very cool. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see. So I'm hoping that the company can expand in that way, continue to make clothing, but also to build community because that part is very important to continue to, because even on our website, we have a resource section, which we're still working on, which would love to continue building. And it's just to have a place where families parents, individuals can just log on to our site as well and look at the different resources that are available to them and see what might meet their needs. So just to be more than clothing. That's, I think that's, that's amazing. What a beautiful vision. I think that's so incredibly important to have that sense of community, to have a place where parents and individuals have those resources available to them. And not just, I mean, and I don't mean this to say not just a clothing company because what you're doing is incredible, but to also have that added piece of community where there are a plethora of resources for people that need them and want them. So I think incredible. I love your vision. I think it's amazing. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So what were you doing for work before you started Baby Zips? Yes. So I actually worked in the pharmaceutical industry. Oh. Uh, yeah, like I have, so I have a health sciences background Okay. and I was working as a patient care specialist and for myself, that job allowed me to help people in a different way. So for me, before doing any job, like I had to align with my values. 
Like I was very picky in that way. Like, <laughs> yes, we all, <laughs> we all need to do, have a job to, that will help us like make a living and whatnot. But for myself, like I have these values in which I want to be able to have positive impact on someone's life because you spend so much time at work. Yeah. Like 40 hours a week is a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So that said, with this job, I actually worked with patients who had like extreme eczema. I didn't know eczema could be extreme. And I was helping them find ways to pay for their medication, actually. Okay. So like uh, I connected with a lot of insurance companies. Sometimes I had to write letters on their behalf. And it was a great experience because I got to advocate for these patients. Love it. Having impact. That's what life's all about, isn't it? Absolutely. Otherwise, it's like, yeah. why do it? Why do yeah. you wake up in the morning? What are you striving for? You know, like, yeah, for sure. Just... But there are so many people out there who don't find their purpose and their pa- and not that that was your purpose or your passion. I think you've probably now found your purpose and your passion um, with baby zips. But there are so many people out there who don't find their purpose and passion in life. And they go through life, as you said, 40 hours a week is a lot of time and they're going to a job that they hate. They're living for the weekend. They're living for those two days and wasting five days. It's crazy. And we've all done it. We've all been there, but I just, I, I wish that more people would find their purpose and their passion in life. Think of how much better of a place the world would be if everyone loved what they're doing and was so happy to be doing it, you know? Absolutely. Like Brad, it crushes my soul like to see people unhappy just in general. I'm just like, you know, in this life, like we can do the things to make ourselves more happy. Like we all have talents and gifts and creative yeah. abilities. And it's just it makes me so sad when people don't get to use those things. Yeah. Use their potential. So I agree with you. You have said that you have a strong desire to help people and speak up against equality. Why is this so personally important to you? As a person who has experienced a lot of um, inequality mm-hmm. and for a number of reasons, like yeah. by virtue of being a woman, by virtue of being a black woman, yeah. and as well as someone who is, so I wasn't born in Canada, so as an immigrant, as someone who has lived in like Toronto community housing, like I, I've had a lot of challenges that came up with being in a space of inequality. So for me, it was something that was really challenging to be in, like to dealing with racism, sexism, these things are very, it's very difficult. It's very hard to be in these positions and to see other people being oppressed in a similar way or being harmed in a similar way. So for myself, I wouldn't want someone to go through that. If there's anything that I can do to help someone not have to experience such adversity, then I'm going to try my best to do what I can do because I feel like I've been given opportunities. Mm-hmm. I have also done things to try to help change the trajectory of my life, as you will. Like yeah. uh, being an immigrant, there are already so many challenges. Being someone who is like a person of color, like there's are other barriers that might come, but I try really hard to break through those barriers. And I don't just do it for myself. I do it for other generations and yeah. and as an attempt to make a difference. You're a beautiful human being, Melissa. I think that's so incredible. Thank you 
you so much, Brad. I really appreciate that. That question really made me think. <laughs> well, that's good. I like to make my guests think. Melissa, what did you give up to get to where you are today? What did you have to sacrifice? I had to sacrifice a lot of time with the people I love. I'm a person, I come from a huge family. I'm, my dad has 11 children. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> my grandmother had 13 children. So I have a lot of aunts, a lot yeah. of uncles. That's just my dad's side of the family. Then right. my mom's side also has a lot of family. <laughs> so I have a huge family and I always love being around them, of course, and being connected to them and spending time. And huge part of what I've had to sacrifice is not being around my family. So like I don't go to Dominica to visit family that often because also I'm trying to work on these goals. So a huge part of what I've had to sacrifice, I'd say, is family time and being able to really connect like sometimes I miss out on important events that are happening and trying to keep up it's yeah it has it has been challenging so for me that would be one of the biggest sacrifices that's a big one for sure what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful Melissa I would have to say it's my ability to adapt because yes I have a lot of useful skills fortunately (laughs) but it's just I've always been in situations where I had to quickly learn. Like, for instance, I mentioned I have 11 brothers and one Mm. sister included in there, 11 siblings in total. So in that situation, I've had, just to make a long story short, one of my brothers, a few of my brothers, actually, they live in the French islands, like surrounding Dominica, where I'm from. And as a child, I didn't know if I would be able to... um, I didn't know when I would meet them. And then if I met them, I didn't know if I'd be able to talk to them. So right. I said, you know what? I'm really going to learn French. Like I, <laughs> so that I could speak to them. So I was actually in like French classes and then I was transferred to French immersion. And I was just really focused on learning how to speak French so that one day when I meet my brothers, I would speak French to them. But just in that example, I was just trying to show like, I've always learned to adapt. And that's always been in me from since I was a child. And it's something that I continuously use now, like even having a child with limb differences, I wasn't going to just say, okay, I'm just going to forever wrap him in a blanket. No, I'm going to adapt. We're going to get you a jacket somehow. We're going to somehow make the situation better. So that's my superpower. That's determination. Damn good. I love it. Thank you. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? So Brad, when I was a child, I used to think success looks like something. Like I used to think that, or just growing up in general, I thought success looked like having a certain car, being in a certain level at your company. But I've learned now that success is actually a feeling. Like it's not so much anything materialistic. It's like Mm. how you feel about yourself and your situation. Love it. Melissa, what was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? For myself, a huge turning point, surprisingly, was not getting into medical school. I studied health sciences. I had this dream that one day I would be a family doctor and that I'd be able to help people in my community, help people around me. But I did everything it took. I applied and I didn't get in. And when that happened, things changed for me because I've always been career driven and focused on 
getting to this goal of success. Yeah. But then when I didn't get in, it allowed me to become more flexible. I had to realize, let me go back to the old version of myself that knew how to adapt, that wasn't so rigid. And that allowed me to open up and focus on other things in my life, like finding love, like mm-hmm. not just love for someone else, but love for myself yeah. and then meeting my husband. And now I have a family, like things have really changed for me. And it was definitely that pivotal point of not getting in and then learning to be flexible again. Uh, As my father always said, what's meant for you won't go by you. So this was just your path, right? It wasn't meant for you to go to medical school and you were meant to go in this direction and look how your life has flourished and changed. So beautiful. I love that piece of advice. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? So in terms of impact, I usually look at people who are not directly in my life. My life has been always on the move, on the go. So I've moved around a lot. And my mom, she was a single mom at the time. And so she was also very busy. So a lot of the times, the people that I looked to for impact were people that I saw on TV, really. <laughs> so, or people that I read about in books. Yeah. So there are a number of different role models. It's hard to narrow down just yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Melissa, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. What is the first thing you notice about a person? Their personality. What makes you smile? Kindness. What was your dream job as a child? Becoming a family doctor. How would you describe yourself in one word? Fun. (laughs) (laughs) If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Only one thing, Brad. Come on. (laughs) Well, the biggest thing that you would like to teach the world, the most important thing you would like to teach the world. To answer your question, gratitude. Gratitude would definitely be it for me. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Time. That Yes, the most valuable commodity on earth. <laughs> if you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Mad, Motivated and Determined. <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> Melissa, if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Borders. I would create a world without borders. Okay. Mom life is? A roller coaster. Entrepreneur life is? Exciting. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, Melissa, where would you put it and what would it say? I would put this billboard. Does it have to be one billboard? (laughs) (laughs) No, you can put a couple up. (laughs) Okay, why not? Uh, So I would do a couple things. I'd have one on the highway. You know, like when you're driving and you see like the, the signs Yep. Uh, that tell you about traffic. I would have one billboard that says two things, actually. There yeah. are two important questions that I have. What did you learn today? Because yeah. I think that's an important question to ask ourselves because yeah. we learn so much every day. So it helps us reflect, especially if you're in traffic, you know, why not reflect on something that you did today? I like that. Learned? Thank you. And then the other thing I would ask is, what are you thankful for? 
what is one thing that you're thankful for today? Because I think that a lot of times, especially on the worst days, there's so much that happens. It's hard to really focus in on the good that happens. But yeah. like sometimes there's just the smallest thing, like someone held the door open for you. Yep. You know, and that makes a huge difference. For sure. Little things have big impact. Absolutely. Exactly. What does the word empowerment mean to you? I believe it means giving a voice to those who are not heard or giving a a voice to people who need to be heard. Awesome. I love that definition. Melissa, what's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? My son. (laughs) (laughs) He was definitely determined to be here for sure. And I'm grateful for him because it, He has been such a uniter already, like in terms of just uniting our families together, but also he has taught me so much. Like he's teaching me to continuously learn and to stay current with what's going on around in terms of like in the adaptive space or just what's going on in everyday life. So I would have to say it's my son. Beautiful. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? So it would have to be, the person I choose is actually Maya Angelou. She's someone who has inspired me significantly through her journey. In terms of, she, I've read a lot of her books and she has always been consistent to herself and her journey And she just had this strong awareness of who she was in spite of all the challenges that life presented to her. And she just wrote her beautiful poems and she was always spreading positivity and uplifting other people just through reading her stories. So it'd have to be Maya Angelou. I think that she would be able to share a lot of um, just continuously fill me up with all these different quotes and (laughs) advice and ideas that are extremely uplifting. Awesome. What's one thing you know now that you wish you had known when you started your entrepreneurial journey? I wish I knew that it definitely takes a lot of patience. Yeah. And there are going to be moments where things are great. And then moments where you're just at your lowest point. And more importantly, I wish I knew that when you are at your lowest point, There are people around you who will support you, who have either been there, been through it. They have advice for you. Like, I wish I knew that at the beginning, because maybe I would have jumped and taken the leap into the entrepreneurial pathway a lot sooner because I was always afraid. I was always scared. Like, what if I failed? Then what happens? Yeah. You know, just, I wish I knew that it's not school. It's not pass or fail. It's like a journey not a race and the people around you there are people around you who will support you through it love it what would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur i think you have to be adaptive you also need to be patient and you need to be able to speak to people i think it's important so i guess that would be you know strong interpersonal skills yeah adaptive and patient. <laughs> yes, patience, adaptability, and interpersonal skills. Interpersonal yeah, for skills. Sure. exactly. Because I think that with those three skills, you can be prepared for any situation, no matter which venture you're on. I think that 
somehow, some way you're going to communicate with other people and you will also need to, to know that sometimes things will take longer than expected. Like who anticipated the pandemic? Yeah, exactly. 100%. There was, <laughs> you're right. there was so much learning from that and that took a lot of patience. So yeah. those are my top okay. three. Melissa, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? As cliche as it is, I would tell my younger self to continue being yourself, that there is a space in this world for you. Growing up, I was always considered like the weirdo. I was too nerdy. I loved to read books. And like, like I tried to change myself to fit a mold. But in changing myself, it took me so much time to rediscover who I am. So for any person or myself, my younger version of myself, I would say, be true to who you are. And accept yourself and there's a space in this world for you all said i love that that's great advice lastly melissa if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world what would that last 30 seconds sound like what would you say your tribe your corner of the world what words of wisdom would you impart onto them i would say something along the lines of life is a journey not a race so take it at your own pace don't be afraid to be who you are and believing in yourself you'll go really far I love it. That's awesome. And I you even rhymed. I just made that up. I, I was like, I was like, hold on, let me pretend it's really 30 seconds. <laughs> I love it. That was brilliant, Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey. And the work you're doing is absolutely incredible. It's having such a positive impact on the world and on parents and helping parents and children. I think it's an amazing thing you're doing to help people and have impact. So thank you for doing the work you do. This chat has been incredibly inspirational. You are a true inspiration, Melissa. You're a beautiful light. And I'm just honored to have had this opportunity to sit down and chat with you and learn a bit about what you do and share what you're doing in the world. And uh, I support you 100%. I love it. I think it's amazing. And just keep keep going. Don't give up. Keep pushing forward and, and keep doing the amazing, beautiful things you're doing in the world. Thank you so much, Brad. I just wanted to say, I was like, I also feel the same way about you. I must say, I'm so appreciative of the space that you have created for so many entrepreneurs, career-driven women, and just to give us a space to feel empowered, to share our stories. And also, you're really good at this. Really <laughs> good. You. So thank you so much. Like, I'm usually so shy, but... I felt so comfortable with you. And so I thank you for your time and just for being here together. It actually feels like you're right here, right beside me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been my pleasure and my honor, Melissa. You are truly an inspiration and thank you for sharing. And I'm so happy and honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you for taking the time. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Well, once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Melissa Kufariji. She is the owner and founder of Baby Zips. Thank you so much, Melissa. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You as well. Enjoy your day, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. 
Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.